Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Welcome, spiritual trailblazers. I am so excited for this episode. We have a very special guest here. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into this. Welcome to episode 230, Lunar Cycles, What Every Moon Goddess Needs to Know. We are going to be welcoming Christina Cadill. She is based in Tallahassee, Florida. She is an evolutionary astrologer, teacher, and transformational coach who guides clients in assessing their innate wisdom, personal empowerment, and orienting towards their higher destiny with the insight of evolutionary astrology. She believes that when we view life as more than just a series of events happening to us, but rather as an opportunity of the conscious expression of the soul. We can creatively impact our destiny and live deeply meaningful lives. Christina is the host of Radiant Astrology Podcast on iTunes. You can visit her at radiantastrology.com. I will also post a link to that in the description of this episode. Her IG is Radiant Astrology, which I follow and is quite amazing. So Christina, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Tia. It's great to be here. I'm super excited to delve into the lunar cycles with you. Yes, this is something that I've been wanting to really know more about, but I just feel like online, it's it's kind of general. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you are here. And even before we, we dive into the lunar cycles, I would love to know how you got started in, in, in diving into the spiritual world. Well, my journey with astrology, um, it's kind of been like a lifelong love um, of all things sort of beyond the veil. And it wasn't until really um, when I would say the real, one of the major transformative moments um, that I've shared before publicly is when my mother passed away, which was in um, the end of 2014, that I really kind of, you know, everything sort of the rubber hits the road, you know, all of the spiritual um, journeying that you're doing, you know, you realize what has been really nurturing to your soul, what has added to your wisdom, and also that which is you know, not worth pursuing, you know, it gets you really clear and really real. And all of the spiritual um, explorations I'd been doing up until that point, all the spiritual practices, they finally paid off, you know, they weren't just a waste of my time, you know, because there's a lot of times we think that, oh, we're just being self-indulgent, you know, by doing all these you know, moon circles and, um, and meditation practices and things like that. But it's when these real transformative moments hit you that you can really access, you know, what I think of as grace because you've been preparing because you have gotten real with what the universe is all about and what you can access through spirit. So, um, and I had already been a practicing astrologer at that point, but I kind of really, and I had been questioning, you know, is this, is this worth pursuing? You know, maybe it's just kind of silly and not everybody gets it. 
But at that point, I just committed. I fully committed to using astrology, not just for, you know, predicting the next big disaster that might happen and, and what are you going to do about it, but more for accessing people's soul's intention, because that's what we're really here to do is to live the intention of our soul. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit about my background. <laughs> I love that. And, and I definitely relate to that. When my grandparents passed away, that triggered a lot more mm-hmm. within me. And e- even as a kid, I noticed some things, but I thought it was just part of the pro- the life. <laughs> I didn't think of anything else. But some of the things that you, you said, I, I really, um, that you said it, like when you said, you know, real, and, you know, we feel like this is selfish and things like that, but it's, it's really not, it's all something that's already within us. It just needs to be brought out a little bit more and understood a bit better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason why we're drawn to this type of work. You know, I mean, for some people it's, it's a curiosity or it's entertainment, but it's in those moments, like, you know, that um, we've realized the power of any kind of these spiritual practices that we're doing that helps us to really know at a deep level that, you know, our loved ones and our ancestors are still with us. They're still guiding us. And, you know, in some of these ways we can access and we can hear, you know, the voice of our soul or the voice of our ancestors when we are opened to, you know, opening our whether it's our third eye or our crown chakra or, or, or even our heart, mm-hmm. you know, to a whole different vibration. Yes, absolutely. Which is why I'm so glad that we're going to be talking about lunar cycles, because just as you were saying, you were already practicing astrology it was something that you just, it was innate. And with these lunar cycles, I know there are people who, like you were saying, they're curious. Some people do it for entertainment, but there is some truth. There's a lot of truth there. And once we understand what this is about, then our world becomes just that much better because we we just get it. It's not like, as as it was said in, in your bio, it's not just a series of events. There's some rhyme and reason to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, and that's something that I truly believe because, you know, I was a client of an astrologer for many years or, you know, several astrologers, but then I stuck to one who, you know, was considered like a world renowned astrologer, but it was that type of thing. You know, a lot of astrologers use astrology just for, you know, predicting something you know, usually something disastrous <laughs> to come along. And then you think, okay, now I got to prepare for the disaster or, or do what I can to, you know, to thwart it or something. But that's really not in my view, in the evolutionary astrology view, it's really not the, the most powerful way to use astrology because even in ancient times, you know, astrology um, was used, you know, it was at times used to predict you know, wars when, uh, when the tribe would go to war or something, but it was also used to access, you know, the personal, um, the soul really, you know, what is the soul's nature and what does the soul want? And ultimately, even though astrology is so complex, right? We have like yeah, the two uh-huh. major planets and all these aspects and then all these asteroids, ultimately all of life according to astrology, is governed by the moon. So, you know, if we want to really just distill it to some of the the most significant symbol, it's the moon. So there's some real wisdom to be focusing on the moon. 
And when it comes to the lunar cycles, you know, the, the one important thing to remember is it's not just about the moon. It's the moon's relationship to the sun. Now, some people may already know that, but, you know, I'm going to sort of frame this for the person that doesn't know anything or maybe is missing some, you know, pieces of the puzzle, because as you said, even though it seems like, you know, in our online universe, everyone's talking about lunar cycles, you know, not a lot of people are taking it from, you know, just the very basics. And so it's easy for people not to want to ask questions that they don't want to know or they think sounds stupid. So my goal today is to just sort of clarify all that I can about what the lunar cycles are and how we can best use them to our advantage so that we can be in the flow of these cycles. Because as I said, it's governing all of life on earth, biological life and spiritual life. Mm -hmm. So what are lunar cycles? So um, every month, you know, about every 28 days, um, the moon makes a complete orbit, you know, around where basically if we're looking on sort of a zodiac, it makes an entire tour around the zodiac. And so it has made an entire phase around the sun, right? So it goes through phases, Um, And so just like, you know, a lot of women, we know that we have our menstrual cycle that's like 28 days that has also been called the moon cycle. Every month, about every 28 days, we have a lunar cycle, a complete lunar cycle, and it begins with the new moon, right? So the new moon is the beginning point. It's a seeding moment. And so that's why, you know, we see a lot of talk about new moons because it's very important to understand what your intentions are at that new moon, because that is seeding a phase, a monthly phase, but also there's, you know, even bigger cycles that that will be seeding too, like six months and 18 months. But if we're just looking at the very basic, then um, every new moon, you have a chance to start again, to grow something in your life. And when we can align our intentions with that moment, you know, with that ripe moment, um, then we can more likely be growing um, whatever it is, is in our intention. And so that's why it's important to also look at the sign the moon is in, because that can give you sort of the quality of that moon. And, And the sign also suggests some of the, you know, some of the themes that are um, likely to be coming up during that monthly cycle. So we just had the new moon in Libra and Libra is about partnerships and cooperation and equality and getting along with people, justice, things like that, harmony, um, all kinds of relationships. And so, you know, that's the focus of this lunar cycle. And so it helps to know that, okay, so this is a focus. How can I make the most of it? Um, And so when we have a new moon, it's when the moon is in darkness because it is joined to the sun. So the sun and the moon are at the same degree, the same sign of the zodiac. You know, if you're looking at your, your natal chart, it's at the same, you know, place in your natal chart, the same house. And 
that is when the moon is, as I said, it's in darkness. So there's also, it's ripe with possibility, but we also can't see, right? We can't completely see what's coming. Um, so I think people get it kind of confused. I see people like you and I are in this, you know, spiritual entrepreneurial space, which is awesome to see all these women like, you know, so aligned with spirituality and, and trying to make that into something that's self-sustaining for them and businesses. Um, launching something on a new moon isn't always, I would say, the best thing because you're not getting light from the sun. The moon is in darkness. Mm. A new moon, it's a great time to get quiet, set your intentions. You know, I do new moon circles with my group of my membership and we come together and we share our intentions and we, you know, we boost each other's intentions energetically too. It's a time to, you know, get aligned with your intentions, but you know, you're not necessarily going to be seen in the right light because there isn't light. You don't start to get light until the moon is coming out of that incubation because it's still, you know, incubated. It's like being in the womb still. Um, so now I'm not saying that it's a bad time to, you know, be setting things in motion. It's a good time to set something in motion, but you likely aren't going to get a whole lot of attention from other people because everyone is turned inward in some way, mm. you know, even if they don't know about the lunar cycles or whatever, there's just this innate quality. And believe me, I've tested this over years, you know, being in this space, um, that, People just, especially if it's an eclipse, which I can talk about later, like a solar eclipse is a new moon, a really powerful new moon. But even those times, there's just this, this, I don't know, I just feel like this quiet because people are turned inward. They're, they're ending one cycle because you just ended one and you're beginning another. So it's a transition between death and birth kind of. You know, because if the life cycle is all a cycle and everything in astrology teaches us about cycles, the new moon is that shift, that point from ending to beginning. Um, so does that make sense? Yeah. So, so during the, the new moon, this is the time where we should be looking inward and not so much focusing on, uh, like like growing something or starting something new, this is the time to do self-reflection? Well, you know, the, the three days before the new moon, okay, is the balsamic moon. And that really is, okay, doing your self-reflection mm. deeply. And usually that's also the banishing time of the moon, right? People say the full moon, you're banishing. No, the balsamic moon is when you're really releasing Okay. And then as the new moon becomes exact, then we have a potential that the old is done. We're done with that, <laughs> you know, the past. And we're open to the new. So you're still incubating, but you're open to new possibility. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like... While I still think people are incubating, you can still be looking toward the future, right? Mm, okay. Um, and so that first, and if we were to 
to split the phases into four phases. And that's a real easy way to look at it. So the first, I would say week, basically, like from the new moon, you can consider that first week to be sort of new moon related. And then after that, you get the first quarter moon. And that's when you finally get some more light in from the sun, you know, and that is called the crisis in action moon. That's what Dana Rudyard coined it, which is really stuck. Because the moon is squaring the sun, they're at 90 degrees, and you finally may feel like it's time to get an action. Now, if I'm putting something out there, I usually do it around the first quarter moon myself. Because you finally get that impulse that it's time to just do something, you know? Uh Because the new moon can be, like I said, total potential, but then it's like when you're just in potential, it's hard to kind of really set on to something. Um, and that first quarter moon is like, okay, now's a chance. I need to just sort of like seize the moment. Now, does that make sense? Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, what I have noticed over the years of working with people is that, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, people tend to do this really without knowing it. Like when they get that, oh, I, I got to do something. I'm going to fill out five applications. For, yeah, it's, it's like they, they start to get into that zone and not realizing why, so they don't get a chance to really capitalize on that energy because they're they're doing it from uh, a subconscious or I guess like a, um, just like muscle memory. I don't know, maybe from past lives, so they know their body just instinctually knows to do it. But if they were more conscious about it, they can really again capitalize on that that energy and everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's why I kind of, I, I think it's important for every moon goddess to know because there's a lot more nuances to these phases rather than just, yes, the, the new moon is a time of newness. It is a time where we're starting a new phase, but that doesn't always mean that we have all the information yet. You know, it doesn't always mean that we're clear on, you know, what we actually really want to manifest. That's why, as you said before, you're still in that, that moment of really needing to get clear with yourself, you know, on what you are intending to manifest for that cycle. And so, you know, as I said, from the new moon, a week later is the first quarter moon. The moon is still waxing, right? So waxing is when the light is increasing on the moon. You know, the sun's light is growing on the moon and that is symbolic of growth, mm-hmm. right? So anytime you launch anything, again, there's a lot more complex things you can look at, but you essentially want to align with a waxing moon because mm-hmm. that is symbolic of growth. It gives things traction, And so the first two weeks, you know, from new moon to full moon is waxing, right? So that's the symbolic of growth. And so that's the prime time to be getting out new projects, to be launching things, um, to be trying out new things, you know, to to try to get some attention if you need it. Um, And so then from the first quarter, then you have a week later is the full moon. And so the full moon is, the moon is opposite to the sun. So the light of the sun is reflected on the moon. That's important to know. You know, when we see that 
bright moon out there, it's not just the moon is lit from within, the moon is reflecting the sun's light, mm. right? And so there's a polarization there because wherever the sun is in the zodiac, you know, so it'll be, it'll still be in Libra when we have our full moon in Aries, you know, the moon is at the opposite sign, which is Aries. So that's why there can be a lot of tension because they are polar opposite signs. They're always going to be opposite signs. So in this upcoming one on October 13th, the sun is still in Libra, partnerships, cooperation, you know, trying to get harmony, attraction, things like that, um, agreements. And the moon will be in Aries, which is all about me you know, my desires, my instincts, you know, that's the warrior sign. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is a need for finding balance, you know, finding how these impulses can work together. The sun is our conscious focus. And yet the moon is our emotional life and our emotional needs. And so we can see how sometimes these can be at odds you know, mm -hmm. and ultimately the moon is, it correlates with the feminine, with women, with the mother, with nurturing and nurturance and nourishment. And so that's why, especially with women, moon goddesses, we tend to be aligned with the moon. And I really would recommend anyone to know your moon sign. And oftentimes I actually just took a course with Bernadette Brady, who's, you know, the legendary astrologer and expert on eclipses. And she actually said that um, it makes more sense for a lot of people to, you know, how we say we are our sun signs, mm -hmm. that a lot, especially I guess with women, that we are our moon signs. I know that I resonate a lot deeply with my moon. You know, I think it depends on how connected you are to that sort of intuitive side of yourself an emotional side mm -hmm. um but anyway any full moon is the culmination of the cycle it helps you to see you know where your intentions have led you to um and yeah it's like a full bloom now sometimes things can come to an end or that can be the beginning of a release but you also have to be careful here. I see a lot of people say that full moons are like an ending. It's not. That's not the end of the cycle. That is the culmination of the cycle. If you're, you know, if you're watching a movie, right? That um I don't know, what's a really good movie that we that's I can't really even think of one, but uh, how about Practical Magic since it's oh. uh, I don't know if I've seen that, but if you think of, you know, the, you know, it starts out, you get familiar with the characters and then something builds, maybe there's some kind of conflict or, you know, or, or something that um, gets the characters sort of motivated. And then there's the, the crescendo, you know, where everything is expressed and where like the main purpose and the main plot comes into view. Um, but then there's usually a denouement, you know, where like it then wraps up and things like that's not the end, right? So think about the full moon. The full moon isn't the end. The full moon is, wow, this is, you know, what the message is for this lunar cycle. Sometimes that means, okay, 
that helps me to see because you have all that light from the sun that helps me to see what I need to adjust, what I need to let go of, you know, maybe where my intentions were off or something like that. But it's a real moment of clarity. You know, it's sort of like the, the climax of a movie when things just come together, reach its height, but it's not over. Yeah, it's not quite over because then you're only halfway through the lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. And then after that, a week later, you have the last quarter moon, which is, uh, as Dana Rudyard called it, the crisis and consciousness moon right? Because remember the first quarter was the crisis in action, getting into action. The third quarter is crisis in consciousness. That's when we really, it's like we kind of struggle with our internal selves and think, was it worth it? You know, or was I really aligned with my purpose throughout this whole thing? You know, was I, were my intentions in the right place? Um, Am I, and you know, I was born under a crisis in consciousness moon. So I feel like that's sort of like my whole life in a nutshell. (laughs) And um, it's like one foot is in the realm of society and the world and the good you can do um, for, you know, the collective. But then there's another foot that is really in the realm of spirit and soul um, and so it's trying to find a, uh, you know, a real correlation between how these can work together um, and also where they conflict as well. Mm-hmm. You know, are the soul's values aren't always aligned with what society says right. is valuable or right or even moral, you know? So it's a real, um, a real coming home to oneself and asking and assessing is a really good word, like sort of assessing, you know, what was that whole thing about? Um, And beginning to unwind, you know, unwind from all of the action and all of the, you know, the, the clarity that you received at the full moon, really starting to digest that, you know, and then as we move then toward the next new moon, that last week between the last quarter moon and the new moon, you know, you're, that's when you get into the balsamic phase. That's when you really decide, you know, you're ending something. And that is a time of diminishment. You know, the light is diminishing. The light of the sun is diminishing from the moon. The moon is deeply waning right? So after the full moon, the moon is waning. And that tends to be a time where uh, the energy is dispersed. Um, Not a good time to be starting things that need to grow because this is a time of wrapping up. It's also a time of like harvesting too, you know, gaining your harvest. Um, But I definitely feel that it's important to pay attention to like the three days before the new moon. That is like the crone phase. That is where we're distilling our wisdom. You know, that's a time of banishing the old, really letting go and releasing so that you can make room for the new. Because however we end things, um, that has a seed in how we begin things. 
you know, it, it's really honoring that cycle that we bring it to a close um, so that we can be clear for what's waiting to, to grow next, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And astrology clearly plays a huge part in understanding the lunar cycle. So as you were saying, the new moon in, in Libra. So if someone is a Libra, that's their sun sign or their moon sign, are they impacted differently during that phase? Is there something that they should look at when it, when it happens? Yeah, that most likely they'll be feeling it. <laughs> you know, if it's, you know, obviously if it's their sun sign, they'll be having their birthday um, during, you know, the sun in Libra. Um, and, you know, the moon sign there, the sun will illuminate that, you know, and the moon being um, what we need on an emotional level. Um, anyone with Libra signatures, you know, they likely know what it's like to be the one to find ways to try to get harmony, try to get things in balance or try to get people on their side or try to get, you know, like use the powers of Venus because it's ruled by Venus mm -hmm. for attraction, for balance. Now, you know, in my work as a consulting astrologer, I mean, I know a lot of uh, Libra types that, you know, we all love a Libra because they, they seem to be able to accommodate everyone, you know, they can accommodate us and they'll, they'll be fine. They won't mind if we change things or if we're, if we have a bad day, but the fact is, is it does hurt them. You know, some of them feel like, um, I've heard this from a couple of uh, Libras that they're almost like the silly putty or something that um, it has to morph so that everyone will be okay. And there's just something in them that does that innately, but it's a sacrifice within them, you know, and I think it's worth honoring to our Libras, you know, showing them the gratitude that we know that um, that even though on the surface, they may look like they're fine. It's fine. I just want everyone to be okay. They can also be, um, struggling inside when there's chaos around because really they're the ones that can sometimes take the brunt of that. Mm. Um, and also because, you know, we've also got other things going on in Aries with Chiron and that kind of thing. Um, Chiron, the wounded healer, um, with this full moon in Aries, you know, Aries being about the individual, and what one person wants to be independent and go their own way and do it their way. And, you know, that may be hurtful for someone who really values partnership. Mm -hmm. But we also have to respect no matter what kind of relationship we're in, it's two people, it's two souls. And each soul has its own intention, its own karma and dharma that they have to live out. So can we make space for our partner's independence as well. And that doesn't mean anything about us. I actually just was taking this course on uh, ritual and I, something really struck me is the teacher said, when we're working with our ancestors and in the spirit world, that they also have boundaries and we should have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And someone else's boundaries isn't um, a reflection on you. 
It's right. not a personal judgment on you. It's just their boundaries. And I thought that was so brilliant because we can take it personally, you know, but in fact, it's just that person wants their sovereignty and they deserve, uh, they deserve to have that respected just as you deserve to have your own boundaries respected as well. Mm-hmm. So I know you talked about moon circles. Do you also have, say, a, a lunar or astrology journal, something that you can track your thoughts and feelings with each phase? Well, when I do my new moon circle, so it's once a month, we meet on the new moon and we talk about the entire lunar phase. You know, we look at our intentions for the new moon, but before we even set our intentions for the new moon, we look at the first quarter moon because you know that moon was in uh, Capricorn and then we look at the full moon and what you know may come up with that full moon in Aries Mm -hmm. and then we look at the last quarter moon which will be in Cancer so we look at the entire cycle first to see all the possibilities all the potential that we may need to be considering before we set our intentions um but I would highly suggest, that's a great idea, to be tracking it. And if you have a journal, there's some great journals out there um, that, you know, I don't have one personally, but maybe one day I'll create one. But um, there's some great journals out there where you can um, be starting to become familiar with each lunar phase and what what it means for the moon to be in each sign because it really gives you a sense of the quality of that moon and what the needs are of that moon because the moon changes signs every two and a half days right Um, oh wow it's really quickly yes and so i my favorite thing is the iluna app it's, I believe it's a free app or maybe it's, it doesn't cost hardly anything. I've been using it for years, but mm-hmm. it's iLuna and it'll tell you where, what uh, sign the moon is currently in, when it's changing sign, what phase it's in. And most importantly, what I use it for is when the moon is void. Mm-hmm. Um, so a void moon is, you know, it's like the moon has made its last aspect in that sign before it, you know, to another planet before it goes on to the next sign. So a void moon, it tends to be a time where, you know, it, that's another time where they say it's not good to start something new because you might not get a lot of traction with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a astrologer, Ann Ortley, who says never go grocery shopping on a void moon because you can buy all this stuff and it goes bad in your fridge. You never eat it, or you, never, you know, what you, guilty of that. Maybe I I've been caught that shit and not realize it. <laughs> so definitely check the void moon. And um, I hate that, don't you? Because it's just- yes, they have such good intentions, but it's just one too many tomatoes and <laughs> it's fine. And um, so it's good to know about the void moon. I mean, it's not the end of the world if, you know, you do something on a void moon, but, um, you know, there's times when sometimes the moon is only void for a couple of hours. Sometimes it's void for a whole day. And those can be great for inner reflection. Actually, sometimes when I have a, a astrology reading during that time, it can really be beautiful for just really, um, exploring all of a person's possibilities. 
Um, it's just, it's another thing, you know, I know you and I are in this world where, you know, because in business, we still have to keep things going. We still have, you know, right. we have to launch things. We have to sell things. We have to uh, serve our clients. Um, avoid moon is another thing where it's just, again, people are kind of not really focused. You know, it's hard to get their attention kind of thing usually. Um, so it's good to pay attention to void moons and use those as times of reflection, um, and, and, you know, assessing or meditation or even relaxation if possible. Um, and so, yeah, because the, the moon really helps us to understand what the collective is going on. We could individually be having other things going on, mm -hmm. but we're all connected collectively. So, and we know when the collective energy is either, you know, feeling engaged and ripe and, you know, ready for anything, or when, you know, it's just sort of not a good time to be you know, trying to get people's attention or trying to really connect with people. That's another thing the moon symbolizes is connection, attachments, you know, our receptivity to others. So it helps us to get a sense of like, if in general people are receptive or maybe not receptive. I love that you touched on that because the number one thing I hear from people I work with is I thought I was crazy. And sometimes it had to do with the the signs and symbols that they've been picking up but can't quite piece together. But another portion of that is when they do something and it just really isn't working. Yeah. And and when you talk about the collective consciousness, that's so important. So it's like, yeah, because we have businesses and lives, we can't always necessarily stop and take a, a time out. But it's like a heads up, like, hey, this is a void moon so that you know this. So if you're going out there and you're trying to sell something, you need to communicate with somebody, just know that it may not be as well received and it's not you, it's the collective. Yeah. And, you know, it's so, it's actually kind of fun to play around with these different um, cosmic influences as well as, you know, tuning into um, your own sense of what is happening out there, you know, and um, I have an accountability partner. I'm going to give a shout out to Aaron Ashley Carty, who is a professional psychic. And, you know, I look at the stars, she tells me what she's sensing in the collective. And then we talk about, you know, we meet up to talk about, um, you know, what we're doing in our businesses. Well, and it's really great because a lot of times they correlate because, you know, mm -hmm. you can sense when you're at, at highly attuned um, you know, positive times or not really good times to be trying to get some attention. Yeah, that that's really cool. And so I don't know if he still does this because I, I want, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, people to be able to pull up their, their astrological chart. So I went to uh, Robert Ahado, mm -hmm. com, and I was able to put in my birth date, everything like that. And I learned so much more about myself. So, but that was years ago. I don't know if he does it now, but do you have a resource where people can input oh, yeah. the information and, and get their whole astrological chart? Absolutely. Astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com. Um, that is my favorite place to get that's for free online that you can cast your chart. And I actually have a little video. I think it's like five minutes or eight minutes. Mm -hmm. If you go on my YouTube channel, um, Radiant Astrology on YouTube, 
I have a video, how to cast your chart for free online. And I just kind of, the only thing with astro.com is it's, you know, it can be a little complicated to find your way there, but once you find your way there, it should, it's pretty simple where um, you put in your birth information. Um, now it's really important. You know, what you need is obviously the date you need the place, you know, city, state, you know, country, and the time is also really important. It's, you know, and you can usually find it. I mean, it, it may take those of you who don't have it on your birth certificate, um, you know, contact, if you can contact the hospital that you were born at. I mean, I've heard a lot of people be able to, to find their birth uh, time. Now there's some, I've heard in Europe, um, there was, I guess, certain generations that they just didn't record the time. That can be a little trickier. You may need to, um, I mean, if you can ask your mother about what time, you know, you were born. Time is also really important. You need time to find your ascendant and, to, and really to find your moon sign. Mm -hmm. um, because the moon changes, you know, is constantly on the move, as is the ascendant. So, um, but if you don't have it, um, at the very least you can cast your chart. Um, you know, they say you can use, you can put it noon, um, to find sort of the average of where the moon is, or mm -hmm. I actually like to use it when the sun's on the ascendant, which is like dawn, you know, so just like around 6am or 7am, um, because that gives you your solar houses. But, Basically, go on astro.com. Um, if you have your birth time, you know, do your best to get it so you can really get a sense of your chart, including the moon. Um, and, you know, just go from there and you'll really get a sense of the complexity of, you know, your astrology. And it, it's meant to be complex because life is complex. We are complex beings. You know, we're the entire cosmos from a moment in time that is continuing on, you know, the moment that you were born, um, was a snapshot of the cosmos in your astrology chart. And that chart is with you your entire life. And it's amazing how, when the movement of the planets interacts with that moment, you know, things happen in your life destiny aligns, events happen, um, potential big transformations occur, or, you know, that's the potential of it. And so, you know, the beauty and magic of astrology is not just what's happening in the cosmos, but how it interacts with your natal birth chart. So you can be looking at all the stuff of, you know, what, you know, where the moon is now, what phase it's in. And that's very important collectively but if you want to get into your personal life and destiny, you need your natal chart and compare that with, you know, what's moving, what's happening in the sky right now, because it's not going to be the same for everybody. You know, like you may have had, like, say, for instance, a uh, Mercury retrograde might have just totally turned your you know, world upside down for three weeks, whereas for somebody else that Mercury retrograde didn't really affect their chart and, you know, it didn't really do much to them. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, it all, the magic and beauty of astrology is how the movement of the planets are affecting your personal natal chart. So that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That's awesome. Yes. I, I really hope people 
will go to astro.com, get the iLuna app and and then contact Christina <laughs> and have her interpret all these things for you because it is really important. Uh, I, I just like, even in some, some um, social media groups, people, you know, Mercury retrograde comes up and some people just get terrified. They're like, Oh my gosh. And just as you were saying, it's not the same for everyone. So if you were just able to just get the knowledge, you can, then change how you approach each day, which is so important because this is really all about you. Once you understand the lunar cycles and of course, astrology is just so closely related to it. Once you can understand all that, then it's as if your your world becomes, well, one, more magical, two, we can understand more things. And then three, you can really grasp how to communicate with people how to go about with your day-to-day activities because we are heavily influenced by the moon. And once we get to understand more about our astrological chart, it just becomes easier. It gets better. Mm-hmm. So thank you, you feel so much. aligned with nature even more mm-hmm. in the cosmos. And I think that's really um, the beauty of it. And especially as moon goddesses, we all um, are being affected by the moon anyway. Um, and so it's great to sort of bring that to our consciousness. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to chat with you on this today. Um, it's been such a pleasure to connect with you, Tia. Oh, thank you for coming on here because definitely we want we want people to make sure that they're understanding the various aspects of themselves and really dive into that that moon goddess energy and essence. So one last thing, you have a Radiant Astrology member circle that you talked a little bit about earlier. Uh, you want to tell the, the people about that? Yes, um, I just launched my member circle. You can visit radiantastrologymembership.com. And um, there's three levels. I have just the gratitude level for $11 a month where um, those of you who like my daily star casts, I do a daily astrology every day on Instagram and Facebook and um, you can be supporting that. Um, and at that level, you'll also get a monthly and weekly overview starcast. Um, and then at my $22 a month level, you're invited into my new moon circle. So as I said, every month um, we come together in a small group. We look at the entire lunar cycle and we set our intentions for that cycle ahead. Um, and it's really powerful to be sharing your manifestation wishes and intentions with others, with like-minded others who are open and willing and care to, <laughs> to see you thrive and blossom. So it's very magical. And, um, and then those who purchase at the annual level also get a chance to win an astrology reading with me. I do a drawing every full moon um, and one lucky member gets an astrology reading Um, Plus, there's a lot more bonuses that I'm always offering. So definitely check out RadiantAstrologyMembership.com and see if that resonates with you. We'd love to have you. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much, Christina, for being on the show. I am sending everyone blessings. Be kind to yourself. Until next time. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? 
follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.